And at LGM, uh, we'd like to stand for the reading of God's word. So if you can stand as able, uh, if you're here in person, if you're comfortable doing that at home, you're more than welcome to join us. We're going to read the scripture. I'm going to read it for us. And then we will all respond with thanks be to God. All right. So again, it's John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stood stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, we have been going through this kind of mega sermon series. We have been talking about life. And today's message is about new life. And wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want new life? Who wouldn't? Aren't there things in your life that you're like, man, this could be better, or I need more joy, or I need more freedom, or I need to be more loving? And we have been talking in many ways about uh, our life in Christ, our life in the kingdom of God. But friends, there is something that we need to acknowledge when it comes to life, to new life, is that in order to have new life, you got to get rid of the old, right? It's just true of anything. And it's one of the things that um, uh, when we pray the Lord's Prayer and you say, your kingdom come, your will be done, what you're really saying is, my kingdom go, (laughs) my will not be done. And that's the part that we don't like because most of us do not like change. Uh, There's this old joke that I heard about like how many people does it take to change a light bulb? And um, there's like all of these different variations like, you know, um, how many Calvinists does it take to change the light bulb? It's like none. God did it already kind of thing. Um, and then there was one that, I, you know, LGM is a United Methodist Church, and uh, there was one that was like, how many Methodists does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is change. Like, we just don't like change, right? <laughs> change, right? And friends, I, I got to tell you, like, like, if I were to tell you, like, seriously, I, if I were to tell you, like, for certain, Your life is going to change forever tomorrow. Like, think about that for a second. Tomorrow, your life is going to be completely different. How do you feel about that? Do you feel good? Are you excited? Are you worried? Are are you like kind of like, you know, and maybe your face would kind of look like this. By the way, this is uh, (laughs) Kevin from Home Alone. And uh, uh, I looked up uh, Alarmed in Google Images, and this was like one of the first that came up. So apparently that's the face of alarm. <laughs> Change? What? Like you're telling me that everything's going to be different? Are you okay with that? And most of us aren't. And that's something we have to reconcile. Because we might say this all the time. Lord, change me. 
Lord, change me from the inside out, right? Lord, I I want to follow your will. Mm, Do you know what you're praying? Do you know what you're asking for? Do you know what it means to have new life? It means something's got to die in order that something will live. And friends, in today's story, it is the ultimate example, the ultimate story of new life. I mean, a kind of life we've never seen before on this planet. Resurrected life, right? At least not in this form. I know we got Lazarus and things like that, but this kind of resurrection, it's a new thing, right? Totally new thing. And this is what has changed the world forever, right? I think I can say that, you know? Low-key, not even low-key, high-key, right? That this story changed the world, right? It's not just a story, right? Because if you think about it, friends, that there was this, this small movement with one Jewish rabbi 2,000 years ago, and this Jewish rabbi was actually executed, right? And just whenever his uh, disciples tried to talk about him, you know, for the most part, they were imprisoned, they were persecuted, they were murdered. And yet, this movement has continued to spread around the world. Why? Why? You think Jesus was the first person who claimed to be the Messiah? He was not. All of those other movements were stamped out by the the authorities, right? It's very easy. You just kill the leader, and then everyone's like, well, I guess that wasn't it, and they scatter, right? Or if they're really, really stubborn, right? You kill those people, and then it's over. And that has happened over and over, except in this case. Why? Because we believe 2,000 years ago, there was a new life, newness of life for everyone. And so let's take a look again at the story that we just read. So we're told that Mary uh, stood out weeping outside the tomb. And friends, this is one of the things, you may have heard this explained before, but I, I just think it's amazing. So I mention it every Easter, Right? So some of you may be thinking, you know, maybe you're kind of new to the church thing or you know, maybe a friend brought you and you're, you're a little bit skeptical. That's totally cool. We're so glad you're here, friends, if you're exploring faith. And maybe if for some of you, you're like, mm, okay, Pastor Steve, you know, it's, it sounds nice. Right? I really, really want to believe it. Right? But how do I know? How do I know this is real? And one of the most amazing things about the story is the first witnesses to the resurrection in every gospel account are women. In the ancient world, women were not considered credible witnesses, right? Now we know that's bunk. Like, obviously, that's just ridiculous, right? But it was a patriarchal world, right? And so if you're going to, like, you know, say, like, hey, you know, that person did such and such thing. I have a witness, and you brought a woman, they'd be like, what are you doing? That her, her testimony does not count. But in all the gospel accounts, it's always a woman, Right? If you were making up a story, friends, I'm telling you, if you were making up a story about (laughs) somebody coming back from the dead, in ancient times, you would not pick a woman. You just wouldn't, right? Because no one would believe you. Why is it in there then? There can only be one reason. Just, I mean, you know, just if you think about it logically, I think the only reason is because that's actually what happened, right? And the gospel writers are like, well, we can't say it was someone else, right? It was Mary, you know? And like people knew Mary and they're like, you know, Mary would be like, hey, how dare you, (laughs) right? I was the first one there. And so here's Mary and she's weeping outside of the tomb. 
and she wept, and she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. So this is very interesting in a lot of the gospel accounts. The people do not immediately recognize Jesus. It's almost like they were kept from that, or maybe his appearance changed somehow. We're not really sure why. But Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And it is in the saying of her name that she is able to recognize Jesus. Sometimes even Jesus follows the conventions of that time. That, have you noticed in Scripture so many times women are not named? Have you noticed that? It'll just be like, woman, right? And like men, it's like Peter, James, John, right? That's just the world they live in. But check it out. Jesus calls her by name, Mary. Mary, I want you to see me. I want you to experience this. I want you to be a part of this. Mary. And at the saying of her name, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. But Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Friends, what do you think about that statement that Jesus says to her? He says, don't cling to me. Right? Like, I mean, he literally says, I'm going to have to go to other places, right? I have to go to the disciples, to the brothers. And then I have to ascend into heaven, right? But I think Jesus knows something about Mary and about all of us is that we want to hold on to things, right? And he knows in Mary's heart that she's going to want to hold on to the Jesus that she knew here on earth, right? To the experiences that she had before. She's going to want to, in Jesus' words, cling, hold on to the old life. But Jesus is saying, do not cling to me. You don't understand. If you were to cling to me, if you were able to physically restrain me and keep me here, then I could not go to the disciples. And then the disciples couldn't go out into all the earth. Right? And then I couldn't ascend into the heaven and unleash the Holy Spirit. I couldn't do any of those things, Mary. Don't you understand? In order to have this new life, you got to get rid of the old one. Right? That's what he's saying in no uncertain terms. You cannot cling to me anymore. Friends, have you ever been clingy? I can be kind of a clingy person. I'm just, just admitting this. I didn't see any hand go up. That's okay. <laughs> I want to see anyone look at someone else. Yeah, you can be a little clingy. But friends, you know, I just think about like, like a child, like when they're scared, right? And they cling to the arm, uh, to, to like the arm or, or the leg of their parents, right? When they're scared, when they feel uncertain. And friends, this is just, it's just a natural instinct, right? It makes sense, right? If you are in a world that is scary and uncertain, you're going to want to cling to things that are familiar, right? It's what we all do. And we do it because we're afraid, And what have we been talking about this whole year? For those of you who have been here, we have been talking about living into the kingdom of God. What kind of kingdom is is this? What kind of spirit is is, is running the place? 
is supposed to be running our lives. In Scripture, it's always a spirit of love. And it is contrasted with a spirit of fear. Right? The world that we live in is one of anxiety and fear because we just think we're in this world where we're just like cosmic dust. Everything is random. That's so scary, isn't it? Oh my goodness, I would be clinging to things too, right? Clinging to anything that would give me security. And that's the way most of us live, right? I, I, I honestly, friends, don't believe that most people are greedy in the way that we use the world. It's that where most of us are insecure, we're scared, right? So people cling to their money. People cling to their stuff. They cling to whatever is just familiar and whatever gives them a sense of security We're going to cling to that. And so when you hear this offer of new life, you're going to have a new Lord. You're going to have a new mission, right? And and you're living for a new kingdom, right? Your will be done, not mine. That's scary. That's absolutely scary, right? One of the most frightening but beautiful songs is the one we sing all the time, Oceans, right? Spirit, lead me where my trust is without border. What is it talking about? It's talking about walking on water in a place where you literally can sink. That's so scary, right? And we sing that all the time. We're like, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Do you know what you're singing? You're saying, Spirit, lead me. But remember what we said. It's the spirit of love. He's leading you to good places, right? But if Jesus is to lead you, the spirit of Christ is to lead you, then that means the spirit of Steve needs to stop leading, (laughs) right? That means I need to surrender. That means I need to die to those things. That means I need to stop clinging to these things that are giving me security because I have this new way of living. And so, friends, uh, you know, we're told uh, in no uncertain terms, you've got to lose this life if you want the new life. I just want to show you John chapter 12, 23 through 26. Jesus uh, said to them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it. For eternal life, everlasting life that begins now, friends, it's not just after you die, right? But the kind of full life, right? A a, a life of no ending. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor them, right? So this life where we learn to follow God and we say, God, wherever you lead, That's where I want to go, even if it means I don't get to go where I want to, right? That's the new life that God wants to give us. And so, friends, you know what Mary did? Did she cling? Did she go home? Did she stick to all the stuff that was comfortable to her? No, she went. Think about that for a moment. Mary, she's a woman, right? And she goes to the disciples, and she announces to them, I have seen the Lord. Friends, you probably know that in in this society, women don't approach men and just say things to them. I know it's so weird, right? But that's just the world that they live in. But Mary here not only goes to them, but she's witnessing to the resurrection. 
Mary is the first evangelist. She's the first one who brings the good news of the resurrection. And she does that in the presence of these men. And friends, it's just incredible. I mean, it it is just, you see the blossoming of new life, of new possibility, of a new movement. Because Mary was willing to let go the way life had been and to trust this God who resurrected Jesus from the dead and just told her to go. And so she went. So she went. So friends, I just have this little picture of that seed that went into the ground. And and, and it may not be something that we want. We're like, oh, seed, where are you going? Where are you going? I like that seed. That seed makes me feel safe. But it's got to go down there, friends. It's got to go away in order that you can have this beautiful new life spring forward. 2 Corinthians 5 um, is actually 14 through 17. It says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we thought of him as just a normal human, right? We regard him thus no longer. He is the Son of God. He died and he rose again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has Come, Friends, we can believe in that because we know that the reason why Jesus died is to share that life with us. The reason why he died was out of love for us, right? One died so all can live. Friends, uh, in our children's sermon, right, we, we just kept asking this question. Can you move it? Can you move it? Can you move it? And, and, and I just wonder about our own lives, can we do it? Can we do it on our own? Can we get the things that we're looking for? Right? Because we'll do all kinds of things, right? For security, for safety, for joy, right? To be happy, to be fulfilled, to have purpose. Can you do it? Can you do it? Friends, have you tried doing this on your own? You're going to run into so many obstacles and boulders, you know, big barriers and boulders and all these things that if we're being really honest, We're not able to move it on our own. But this God that we are following, that we are saying, we want your life to come into us, this is the God who can move it. This is the God who raised Jesus from the dead. And so if he could do that, isn't that the God that you want to follow? Isn't that the God that you want to believe in and to have his life, right? Because you you better believe that he, if he is guiding you somewhere, he is making a way. Friends, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Praise team, can, can you come up? And let's just sing of this truth and of this hope that we have in Christ. And just as they're getting ready, let's just take a moment to just, if you want to, close your eyes. And, and friends, can he do it? Maybe sometimes you've wondered this in your life. And sometimes it seems like he can't because you haven't been getting what you want. And really, that's because you haven't fully died 
right? If we're being really honest, we're still seeking after what we want in our way, and a lot of that is because we're living out of the spirit of fear. But when we ask the question, can he do it? If we align ourselves with the will of God, if we say, God, not our lives, but your life, not our will, but your will, if you want to make us an evangelist, God, may it be so. If you want to lead us out onto the waters, out into uncertain places, God, Lord, if you want to lead us there, then we know you're going to be there. And we know, God, that you are making a way. So, precious God, I just want to pray for just all of my friends here. God, just whatever we may be going through, may we know, Lord, that you are making a way for us. You are the God that raised Jesus from the dead. And that is what is in store for all of us if we trust in you and what you have already done. We know it will be done to us. And so, God, we want to surrender And we want to lay down our lives again and say, God, your will be done, not ours. Come and live in us. Spirit, lead us wherever you want to take us, God, to newness of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.